On October 7th, 2023, backed by the funding of the Iran government, Hamas, a Muslim terrorist group, executed an organized attack on border towns in Israel, murdering at least 1,400 innocent people and injuring at least 3,400 people, including women and children, even babies. At least 100 women and children have been kidnapped, most likely to be sold in sex slavery. As if this satanic massacre weren't horrific enough, the response from Muslims around the world supporting these terrorist attacks and subsequent pro-Hamas rallies is nothing short of vile and despicable. Only slightly less grotesque than these have been the responses from legacy media and various elected officials in Canada. Most alarming of all, however, is the insistent lie that what we are seeing represents a fringe group of radical extremists, not the true Islam. No, my friends, what we are seeing is the faithful outworking of an antichrist religion that has spread across the world for 1400 years by the sword and bloodshed and whose founder was a warlord hell-bent on the destruction of Jews and Christians. It's October 17th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you've joined us yet again on the program. And as always, our shows are brought to you in partnership between Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand for it. Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balance, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. If you want to help support us, we would ask that you would prayerfully consider leaving a tax refundable donation over at libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. If you click on the analysis and show box and leave us a donation through the to the production that helps us continue to put out these programs and like you said you can get a tax refund for that so we would encourage you to go do that if you want to leave an anonymous bitcoin donation thanks to our friends at bull bitcoin we you can also do that on our website as well so that's great to see uh, all our shows are over at the FLF Network, Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.com. Uh, the FLF Network.com, they're having their conference this week. I am definitely experiencing FOMO as they just had it uh, past uh, this past weekend, and it uh, looked like a wonderful time. So we definitely would su suggest you go over there and check out everything that the FLF has going on. And again, all things LCC are over at our a website libertycoalitioncanada.com and you will actually see over there a brand spanking new website that looks slick beyond old belief i actually have to change my graphic uh to reflect the beauty of the new website so definitely go over there check it out and you can see all things liberty coalition canada on that website as always mailbag drop us your questions comments concerns at mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com what do you have for a mailbag question for today andrew 
Well, what we're talking about today and really what's going to dominate this week and the feedback we're wanting to know has everything to do with this Israel and Hamas conflict. Mm. And so, I mean, I'll leave it fairly open-ended, but what are your thoughts on this? And, and, And by that, I mean your initial... Right off the bat, front of your mind thoughts. If you if 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 seeing this conflict unravel, if your thoughts are ah, there's eschatological significance, let us know. If you're thinking, <laughs> yeah, well, here's some geopolitical realities. Whatever whatever your thoughts are on the attack of Hamas on Israel, Israel's response, and everything surrounding this, the response from protesters, the response from elected officials, the media, let us know your kind of right off the bat. First thoughts, first response to what's happening right now in the Middle East. Mailbag at LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. Let us know your thoughts on that. Two events that are quick approaching, very quick approaching, that we've been telling you about, we want to continue to tell you about. First, we will have some live episodes recorded on October 23rd and 24th. 23rd, we're going to be at Trinity Bible Chapel in Waterloo. And on the 24th, we'll be at Trinity Baptist Church in Burlington. Uh, it's going to be Mike, Tim, Matt, and the babies are still baking. So <laughs> it looks like I definitely will not be there at this point. <laughs> so that's okay. I'll try to zoom in depending on, I mean, unless unless they happen to come about on like the Monday night, yeah. um, I almost uh, chances are I'll be able to zoom in for a little bit. But tickets are twenty five dollars. You can click the Eventbrite link to sign up. You're gonna make sure you're gonna want to be there. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, check the description for the link and make sure that you're around for those two nights. We hope to have some special guests join us as well. And next, the Spark Leadership Conference happening October 31st to November 1st in beautiful South Carolina. Speakers include Mike Thiessen, Dr. Joe Boot, Pastors Tim Stevens and Nate Wright, and our Chief Litigator James Kitchen. You can sign up at sparkconferences.org. Tickets are $50. If you're in and around and able to make it down there, you're going to want to check that out as well. Just when you thought that COVID nonsense was behind us, The mainstream media is back at it with a new COVID scare and new COVID scare tactics. Some schools and hospitals have already brought back discredited mask mandates, and who knows what other mandates might be introduced. In turbulent times, make sure your hard-earned savings are protected and managed by people you can trust, people who share your worldview and economic concerns and know how to put their clients first. Call Rocklink at 905-631-5462 or email Rocklink at info at rocklink.com. That's link with a C. By now, everyone is familiar Mm -hmm. or should be familiar with the attack on Israel. As I mentioned in the lead-in, killing, and these are the most recent estimates, killing at least 1,400 innocent people, including women and children and babies, and injuring at least another 3,400 people. We also know that women and children were kidnapped. Mm -hmm. We know this because we saw the videos that Hamas themselves released. People were beheaded both before and after their deaths. Ben Shapiro showed an actual footage of uh, an Israeli soldier that was barely alive. And then as he was just about to die, Hamas picked up some sort of gardening hoe and 
proceeded to cut his head off. Just absolutely vile, gross stuff. But this is happening. Hamas posted several videos mm -hmm. of their butchery. And again, we've linked to the Ben Shapiro episode where he shows a lot of these these mm -hmm. videos as a way of saying you have to see what evil looks like, and, and we agree. And these videos that they post, they're posting very proud that they're murderers, just like their father, Satan, who is a murderer and a liar from the beginning, and all those who are in him are just like their father, murderers and liars. We know that Iran funded the attack, which is pretty gross, considering that the American government released billions of dollars of funds to the terrorist nation known as Iran only to funnel it into an attack on Israel. It's just a vile, awful story all around. The leaders of Iran and Hamas are celebrating this as a great victory. Now, you would think that anyone with any shred of humanity and decency would abhor and denounce these violent attacks for what they are, the slaughter of innocent people. But you would be wrong. However, countless people across the world seem to not only support what Hamas did in Israel, they also seem to hate Israel for its alleged occupation of Palestine, which is a non-historical fiction, this whole narrative of the Israeli occupation of Palestine, that Israel are colonialists and oppressors. It's all it's all right out of the woke intersectional neo-Marxist fictitious playbook that is a way of understanding reality. All over the world, over the last week and a bit, people have been rallying in favor of terrorism and violence to Jewish people. This first video that we want to show you is in front of the Israeli embassy in London, England, just days after the attack in Israel. <sighs> Wicked. So here you have Hamas butchering innocent people, and the response is, yeah, free Palestine. It's gross. It's gross. It doesn't get any better, by the way. This next video is from Sydney, Australia, again, just days after the horrific attack in Israel. Now, we want to say that there is some cussing, some cursing in the video, so maybe if you have little ones, skip ahead or, or pause it, mute it, come back. But we just want you to know that, that there is some, some choice language in this next video here. Mm -hmm. You can't make out what they're saying. They're saying gasp the Jews. Like not gasp the Jews. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> so, uh, so in Sydney, Australia, gas the Jews. Allah is great. 
F, F the, the juice. juice. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's in Sydney, Australia. Now this is going to be various scenes at different locations in the United States. So this is obviously much closer to home. From the river to the sea. From the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. It should be noted that's a genocidal call. <laughs> because essentially it's uh, it's saying that Israel shouldn't exist. So you remember when I said crazy left that this. so in in John chapter eight. Okay, so John so everyone needs to read John chapter eight and they need to really take to heart the words of Christ. And in John chapter eight, essentially what Jesus is saying is that if you are not in Christ, if you are not truly born again of God, then you are a slave to sin and Satan is your master and Satan, who is a liar and a murderer, you're going to be just like him. He's your father. He's your master. So what have we seen? We've seen murder. And now what do we see? Lies. That's all lies. That's all a bunch of gross satanic lies and propaganda regarding what's happening in the Middle East. And to bring yeah. this all the way, all the way right to our doorstep, yeah, well, Andrew, just when when the lady there is uh, is talking about uh, them hang gliding in, that's in reference to them dropping <laughs> terrorists by hang gliders into an uh, some sort of electronic music festival uh, that was actually for a music festival for peace in the Middle East, ironically mm -hmm. enough, uh, and then them mowing down innocent civilians. So these are not hits on strategic military targets. Yeah, these this are... is not a war effort. But no. it, but here's the thing, though. It is a war effort, and we're going we're gonna to come back to this mm -hmm. at the end of the episode. Yes. This actually is a war effort because for yes. them, just not... this is a real jihad, a mm. war against the yeah. West and against the infidels. That's what yeah. this is. And it's and it's not a war effort in the the tradition that we would think yeah. of as in Westerners a military engagement who are, yeah. who are coming from millennia uh, j just about of being uh, adhering to just war theory as it was passed down from Augustine through the Geneva Convention all the way to our present age. That is the fruit of a Christian world and life view, and Islam uh, is a different religion that drastically opposes. Those worldview um, ideas that we kind of see embedded in our Western tradition. So uh, we can be a little naive sometimes to think that 
everybody shares the same world and life view us as us as Westerners, and we want basically the same things. But no, they approach war in a drastically different way than we do because they have a different ground motive underneath all of it. But let's so here, uh, let's play here's that some final scenes, video. Here's some scenes from the belly of the beast in Toronto. Because it's Palestine all day, every day. No matter what happens, our oath till the day we die, we stand with any oppressed people in the world, especially in Palestine. This cause for many of us is a holy cause, and we'll never forget that. and who hate the West will work together. Yeah. People who despise yeah. freedom and Western values, which are based on biblical values, will mm -hmm. obviously work together and support evil together, of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's what's called the Red-Green Alliance or the Red-Green Coalition. And we've obviously seen over these past few days that it's still very strong. And, you know, somebody might ask, like, what are the Red Communists and the, the Green islamicists what do they have in common and just as you point out andrew it's a common hatred a common enemy namely the people of the book the jews and the christians and the societies essentially largely that they were responsible for creating so um their continued testimony of god's covenant presence in the world the one living triune god and because these are both anti-Christ religions to their core, they both have that common enemy. And now we, there's much to say about obviously the state, the current state of the Jewish faith and their apostasy, because obviously they don't believe in the fulfillment of their religion as found in the, uh, the Jesus Christ. But nevertheless, it's still, they are still a testimony to God's covenant presence in the world that we see. And here we are, we have Western largely Marxist radical leftists who are bedfellows with Islam. And um, they are celebrating, openly celebrating, a terrorist act of mass slaughter of innocent civilians. And that is what is truly despicable in this all. If, if the act itself were not bad enough, what we're seeing is there is large 
scale support from it across the world. And because of our foolish multiculturalism in, in the West and because of our failure to even understand what culture is and the religious ground motive that's underneath it, we've imported many of the people who share a same world and life view with the Hamas terrorists into our nation that are celebrating these things. And and that's only and those video clips, by the way, are only from Western nations. Oh, yes. We could show you tens of thousands of people in Pakistan mm-hmm. and in 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 Lebanon flooding the streets, celebrating and protesting and for what have been days now isn't a one day deal. There are scores, countless people around the world celebrating this and that was just a clip of what's happening in western countries and what we're going to see very soon is that it's not just the people on the street no 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 it's uh it's a lot of very powerful very influential people that also throw their support this way are you a charity in canada and you want to steward the resources in your care better What if there was a way to get the goods and services you needed at a fraction of the cost? Now you can. The Barter Pay It Forward Foundation is a registered charity that provides new innovative funding to charities across Canada by aggregating donations from the Barter Pay business community. Sign up your registered charity and you'll be able to acquire goods and services from the Barter Pay system and Barter Pay will cover 75 to 85% of the cost. Every charity is assigned their own barter coach, a real person who helps you get what you need. Head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter and click on barter pay for charities. Get started to help reduce administration and overhead costs and make your charity more impactful. That's libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter. And you're going to want to click on the barter pay for charities tab. Aside from all the despicable rallies in streets across the world, as you would suspect, legacy media, our elected officials, and other prominent figures went right along with the godless agenda. They were either outright supportive of Hamas, or they were supportive in more cautious ways, or they were silent when they should have said something and they chose to say nothing, which is quite a loud silence. So we want to highlight several of these for you. So you get a picture of what's going on in our country. Here's the official, here's an official release from an NDP MP from Hamilton. So we want to put this picture up. This is pretty vile stuff, again, shortly after the attacks. The generations-long occupation of Palestine, blah, 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 some lies and names of guys, some some propaganda political regime intentionally prioritize okay whatever it's i, I don't want to read all of it this garbage mm-hmm. but we are seeing this definition of apartheid in real time through the continued violation <laughs> of human rights in gaza through the use of white phosphorus chemicals some more bad stuff especially with this context in mind the news coming out of israel and palestine is deeply concerning for 75 years violence and retaliation rooted in settler colonialism have taken the lives of far too many innocent people. I call for an immediate ceasefire and de-escalation. It's funny, you didn't say that when they were kidnapping women and beheading soldiers and and killing children. You shouldn't call for the ceasefire then. No, of course not. We must look to the solution to this endless cycle of death and destruction. End all occupation of Palestinian land 
and add apartheid, blah, 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 more garbage. So here you have a picture of a mosque, the Palestinian flag. It says there, oh, Allah, rectify the affairs of our brothers in Palestine. So here we have some comments. Our brave brothers and sisters in Palestine are demonstrating immense resilience in the face of oppression. Garbage. Garbage. And during years of apartheid, more garbage, injustice, and neglect from the world. No, no. Years and years of you slaughtering innocent people and engaging in war and killing your own people as well if they're not the right brand of Muslim. That's mm. what it is. Godless murder. There's 73 different sects uh, of Muslim or yeah. something like that. They've reached they've reached their breaking point. Oh, so they didn't reach their breaking point as they've been trying to kill Jews for the last thousand years. That that the now the what like it's just it's absolute nonsense. May Allah grant them victory over their oppressors, which is to say, let's continue to slaughter more Jewish people. So there's your law school people. Now we need to mention some other notable gargoyles. First, we have the head of QP Ontario, hey, Andrew. Red can, Hunt. can I can I just say how unbelievably um, providential it is that we did an episode where we highlighted this absolute demonic loser and his mm -hmm. um, his his love of radical extreme terrorists uh, and loves Antifa. and yeah he, well and he right we we looked at the fact that he had a Shea Guevara poster on on his wall this is the leader of the biggest public sector union in Canada and it's it was very fitting that we should highlight him a week or so before he comes out and says this nonsense but so he's a socialist and this is this is what he tweets quote Resistance is fruitful, and no matter what some might say, resistance brings progress. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Which again, this idea of we're going to push all of the Jews out of Israel and cast them into the sea. It's gross. Um, here's a story from the Western Standard. Since the October 7 attacks on Israel by Hamas terrorists, the cabinets, this is a Canadian federal cabinets, $191,000 a year inclusion advisor has avoided public events. Curious. According to Blacklock's reporter, special representative on combating Islamophobia, Amira El Gawabi. So the, here's a Muslim woman who's the special representative on combating Islamophobia. She wrote that MPs should call out Israel's actions, not only Hamas rockets, and called Canadian history Judeo-Christian storytelling in columns for the Toronto Star in 2021. So clearly an anti-Semite has said nothing since the attacks on October 7th. Of course not. El-Gawabi has not been seen in public for the past 10 days and made no comments about the Hamas terrorist attacks. As a freelance pundit in 2021, she now this is a person who is a advisor, right? What's her role? She's an inclusion advisor, and she gets paid almost $200,000 a year of our taxpayer dollars. In 2021, she condemned, quote, an Israeli occupation that is being more widely described as apartheid than ever before. Her May 19, 2021 Toronto Star column described Jews as 
hostage takers, and outlaws. Quote, the experiences of Palestinians are no longer hidden from view. Long held hostage by the Israel government's broad narrative depicting Palestinians as terrorists, unreliable partners for peace, and unworthy of the rights conferred unto them under international law, wrote El Gawabi. Our prime fascist. Talk about storytelling. Has, well, yeah. Our prime fascist supports this person receiving almost $200,000 of our money, but that shouldn't surprise you because he also stood and applauded an actual Nazi in yeah. Parliament. Yeah, it, it we're seeing a pattern here. It turns out he kind of likes this stuff anyways. Uh, we also have this from the Western Standard, Andrew. Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie said on Wednesday she disagreed with people who thought Canada was too slow to respond to the war in Israel. I am a busy woman, Jolie told reporters. There were so many issues, quote, happening in the world. I'm working 24-7 on this, said Jolie. Meanwhile, there are so many issues happening in the world. I'm trying to address all of these. I am an impatient person by nature, said Jolie. We also have this story from Fox News because no leg legacy media in Canada, uh, no outlet would cover it, obviously. Uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation gave strict guidelines, that's the CBC, to reporters on using terms like terrorist in their coverage of Israel's war with Hamas leaked emails uh, reveal. Quote, do not refer to militant soldiers or anyone else as quote terrorists the notion of terrorism remains heavily politicized and is part of the story cbc's director of journalistic standards george aki wrote in an email to employees on saturday the cbc executive instructed journalism or journalists pardon me to make sure audience understand that when quoting someone using this term they are stating opinion even when quoting slash clipping a government or source referring to fighters as terrorists, we should add context to ensure the audience understands this is opinion, not fact, he added. And finally, here is one of the organizers of the Million March for Children, Andrew, uh, sadly going along with some of this wicked stuff that we have seen here so this is a tweet from her and if you're not watching i'll read it out for you so as i said here is one of the uh organizers of the million march for children bahira abdullah salam um and she she these this is a juxtaposition of two tweets one uh before uh talking primarily in the context of the million march for children and the positive change and creating world uh positive world leaders and then the next one on the right here which i'll read for you is her tweet in response to the events that took place in israel so in the name of allah most gracious and most merciful and we warned the children of israel in the scripture Quote, you will certainly cause corruption in the land twice, and you will become extremely arrogant. When the first of the two warnings would come to pass, we would send against you some of our servants of, the, of great might who would ravage your homes. This would be a warning 
fulfilled. Then, after your repentance, we would give you the upper hand over them and aid you with wealth and offspring, causing you to outnumber them. If you act rightly, it is for you your own good, but if you do wrong, it is for you your own loss. And when the second warning would come to pass, your enemies would be left to totally disgrace you and enter that place of worship as they entered it the first time and utterly destroy whatever would fall into their hands. Perhaps your Lord will have mercy on you if you repent, but if you return to sin, we will return to punishment and we have made hell a permanent confinement to the disbelievers that is from the holy quran according to her uh, 17 4 through 8 surat alisara um so pardon if i butchered any of those names but that is what the scriptures that she uh, adheres to teach and andrew we're seeing over and over and over again influential people come out in support of what is again a terrorist attack just mm. bar none there there were standards and apparently the cbc they're okay with calling uh people who uh, who rightly redress in a peaceful manner their government for grievances in a freedom convoy march they're they're perfectly fine with calling them terrorists and they don't provide the context that that's just merely yeah. opinion saying, say, saying honk honk <laughs> they're, they're okay with saying that honk honk is really a dog whistle for heil hitler yeah they're fine to say that but when you have a group of people say gas the jews expel them from the land no 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 that's just they don't really mean it yeah, right. that's that's yeah. in the broader context. You have to understand the context that the Palestinians who aren't actually mm -hmm. a real people, Palestine isn't actually a real state. They've been oppressed by this, uh, you know, horrible colonial regime. And they've yeah. they've been they're the victims of the violence you see. And they're just defending themselves in the midst of all this. But, Andrew, there this is just like this is just a snippet a very very small snippet of so much of the response and in fact um if i can find it i'll link in the description below um a response by i think it's academic in the states and she's she said this what did you guys think that decolonization was all about did you think it was just about decolonizing your library did you just think it was an academic exercise this is what decolonization is about and this is what people have to understand in our context in canada do we not hear the same language over and over again this marxist post-colonial language of decolonization are not rituals like land acknowledgement built off of a post-colonial uh, kind of frame of mind. So so I'm going to ask this to our listeners. If, if those who are supporting decolonization are for the violent um, destruction of innocent civilians because supposedly they're oppressed, what is the narrative in Canada? Have Aboriginal people not been living under colonial violence for far longer than people in Palestine? 
would they be justified in rising because of this violence and beheading and violently raping and attacking the women and the children of the supposed colonizers? Presumably, if we're being consistent, right? This is what this movement is. It's violent. It's demonic. It's hate-filled. And we have to understand, we can give no quarter to this. Guys, again, how often do I have to say this, Andrew? Just believe people when they show you who they are. Believe them when they say what they say. This is a part of the decolonial movement. It is Marxist to the core. And ironically, all these theories were created by French and German white men. <laughs> and they're being ch uh, championed by disaffected people across the world. And it's really, really horribly. Yeah, it's disgusting. been it's 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 been it's been it's been a it's been a gross marriage between Islam and the progressive left. And mm -hmm. and we the one million march for children appeared to be and and continues to appear to be a division, a rift in that unholy union, but it's mm -hmm. only really momentary. And yes. at, at this point in the episode, our audience might be thinking, I mean, why, okay, so just give us the news. Why all this what what are you getting at here? And then and 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 how we want to finish off the episode shortly mm -hmm. is we want to make people have you realize that what we're dealing with here is the true face of Islam practiced yes. faithfully in accordance with their scriptures, not the fringe extremists that the left would have us believe. They are mm -hmm. trying to gaslight us and they're lying to us that what we see here is faithful, sincere Islam worked out in real time and that the the more peaceful Muslims are what we would refer to as cultural or liberal Muslims. They don't take their faith seriously. And the reason why this matters, and this is highly contentious. I, there are people that are not going to like what we're going to say very mm -hmm. shortly. And there are What's people who are not, and they're going to stop. They're going to stop following us. And I know for a fact that pastors who've spoken out about this have had people leave their churches, especially in light of the conflict with Israel and Hamas. But friends, you need to understand what's actually going on because we have had opportunities or there have been hands extended for us to quote unquote partner to work with certain mm -hmm. Muslim groups for the cause of freedom. And we need to understand how we're supposed to approach this. And I'll also say here, there's a reason why we here at Liberty Coalition Canada and me personally mm -hmm. have been very cautious mm -hmm. in our support and very tentative in the way that we have spoken about this 1 million March for children mm -hmm. and how we have not thrown the full weight of our support behind it. We've been a little bit at a distance highlighting mm -hmm. it. And the reason is because we need to be extremely careful who we partner with, especially when what we're dealing with here is real Islam, not what we have been sold by people like Barack Obama, who tried to famously say that, you know, all these terrorist attacks, this is not real <laughs> Islam. Yeah. Islam is a religion of peace, except for everything outside of the last hundred years. So we're going to deep dive, and we have a we have a video of the late Nabil Qureshi who's going to help us sort some of this stuff out as Absolutely. well. But first, if you feel that big government and banks are too involved in your finances, Bitcoin is the solution for you. Bitcoin is the antithesis of central bank digital currencies. It's decentralized digital cash that puts you in full control of your money. With Bitcoin, you don't have to worry about government interference or banks censoring you in any way. 
As a freedom advocate, you know the importance of individual liberty and responsibility. Bitcoin is the ultimate expression of those values, enabling you to take control of your financial destiny and make transactions that align with your beliefs. So whether you're an experienced Bitcoiner or just getting started, Bull Bitcoin is the perfect place to buy and sell Bitcoin. Don't wait any longer to take control of your money. Sign up today using our link, mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC, and don't hesitate to contact their human support for any assistance from the get-go, mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. I understand that this is very contentious. Yeah. Islam is not a religion of peace. Full stop. Yes. Terrorists and extremists are not fringe. They represent true and honest Islam. Peaceful Muslims, as I've said, are cultural or liberal Muslims. They don't actually believe and follow their own holy book. Mm -hmm. That's true. What we are seeing in Israel and on the streets in protests is the true face of Islam. If religion that spreads by the sword and domination by force, as well as being committed to the eradication of Jews and Christians. Mm -hmm. This has been anyone who's lived outside of the last hundred years, who's not bought into the leftist propaganda, knows yeah. this is the case. Yes. How do how do we know this is I the mean, case? Historically, Andrew? we give know us, it's yeah. the case. Just give us just give us one example. How about this? After the United States and England abolished slavery. You know who continued to take slaves for 50 years, including slaves of every stripe, white, black, and everything in between? The Ottoman Empire, mm -hmm. i.e. the Islamic Empire that devoured North Africa and parts of Europe. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's lived outside of the last 100 years understands what's actually going on. But yeah. for anyone who might be thinking, give us the receipts, Andrew, show us the proof. You're just a white guy. What do you know? First of all, that's racist. Second of all, <laughs> here is the late Nabil Qureshi. And if you're not familiar with Nabil Qureshi, mm -hmm. he's a former Muslim. The Lord saved him. He became a follower of Christ. And he wrote and, and, and spoke extensively on growing up mm -hmm. as a Muslim and his conversion to Christianity. He actually worked with RZIM for a while doing apologetics of, mm -hmm. and 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 kind of the sad his sad death just in the last several years mm -hmm. he got he 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 got That's cancer and cancer, yeah. he kind of there were these if you haven't seen his own video logs of him mm -hmm. you know kind of tracking and showing it's it believing christ trusting in the yeah. faithfulness of god but seeing the deterioration seeing a man who truly been transformed by christ mm -hmm. here's what he has to say here's his assessment it's a it's about a five minute five and a bit minute video from uh, Premier, which is in England, and here's his assessment about what Islam is really about, and how it had everything to do with his conversion to Christ and his abandoning of Islam. Initially, when I encountered uh, the violence in Islam, I said, well, this can't be the true Islam. And I, for years, would push back, arguing, no, this hadith here is unreliable. For example, Muhammad says in Sahih Muslim that he has come to expel the Jews and Christians from the Arabian Peninsula and will not leave any but Muslims. That doesn't sound like the Muhammad I knew. So I said, well, that can't be a reliable tradition. And then another tradition from Sahih Bukhari, which says, I have been ordered to fight people until they testify that there is no God but Allah. And only then will their lives and their property be saved from me. 
and this is from the most reliable collection of hadith, Sahih Bukhari. And so I said, no, that can't be reliable either. Mm. And as you continue, you find Muhammad beheading multiple hundreds of men at the same time. Um, you see him uh, distributing those men's wives and children into slavery. You see him torturing people for money. You see him, um, all these atrocities within Muhammad's life, mm. uh, and not always in defensive battles by any means, um, offensively as well. And so you know, after trying to dismiss many of these traditions, I said, well, let me... Let me piece together what's going on here, because if I dismiss all of these violent traditions, then I am basically dismissing the foundations of Islam. This is where I get my picture of Muhammad from. Mm. So looking just at the sources, what is the story? How do I reconstruct what Muhammad's life is like? And what you find when you do that, because there certainly are peaceful passages in the Quran. We mm. can't ignore that. Mm. Um, like chapter 2, verse 256 of the Quran, which says there is no compulsion in religion. Mm. And that, those are often the ones that are quoted in those are often to, the ones to yeah. people. Chapter 109, which says, you know, those of you who disbelieve, believe whatever you want and let us believe what we want. Mm. Fairly peaceful. Mm. Uh, one of the ones that's uh, just, I, I can't say this without laughing a bit, but so abused is chapter 5, verse 32 of the Quran, which says, um, if you kill one person, it says, if you kill all of mankind. And if you say, if you save a life, it says, if you save all of mankind. Mm. When you start understanding the context, though, you realize that this is not the ultimate message of Islam. For example, that one verse, chapter mm. 5, verse 32 of the Quran, says the first part of that verse is, it was told to the Jews, if right. you kill one person, it's as if you kill all mankind, right. if you save life, if you saw, as if you save all mankind. And we do, we find that in mm. uh, Tractate Sanhedrin of the Babylonian Talmud. I see. Uh, it's, not in the Quran, it's not a teaching for Muslims. The next verse is the teaching for Muslims. Ah. Right. Uh, which says, if anyone creates mischief in the land or strives against Allah or his messenger, crucify him or kill him. Right, a very different message. Exactly. Okay. So you start getting the context. And what you find is in the first 13 years of Muhammad's uh, prophetic career, um, he lives a peaceful life. He has about 100 followers by the end of that time, not that many. Um, certainly doesn't have a fighting force. Most of these people are of humble means. Um, and he, he doesn't fight during that time. But then he's given rule over a city. An entire city gives him uh, the, the right to be arbiter. Mm. From that moment until his death, approximately nine to 10 years, he personally participates in or deputizes 86 battles. Right. So that's an average of nine plus battles a year. And they culminate in intensity until the moment he dies. Chapter nine of the Quran is the last major chapter of the Quran to have been composed. And it is the most expansively violent. This is the one mm. that starts off by saying, this is a disavowal of all the treaties we have with polytheists. Chapter nine, verse five, slay the infidels wherever you find them, lay siege to them, take them captive. Chapter nine, verse 29, fight the Jews and Christians until they pay you the poll tax right. and they feel subdued. Why? Chapter nine, verse 33, Islam has been made to prevail over every religion. So, I mean, chapter nine is the most violent. It's the culmination of the Islamic message. It's what it's the marching orders that Muhammad leaves Muslims with, which is why when he dies, Muslims conquer one third of the known world within 150 years. Right. These were the message. By messages. the sword. By, well, it's, it's, it's complex. Once again, mm. they would tell places, if you do not convert, then you have the option to pay a tax. And if you don't pay that tax, then this we will fight the, you. The jizya. Exactly. Tax. Yeah. So it was, it was expanding into territory. The first option mm. people were given was conversion. The second option was paying a tax. And if that didn't happen, then it was, then right. it was by the sword. And do, do you basically see this as effectively the modus operandi of 
groups like ISIS today? Well, this has been the classical understanding of Islam up until the fall of the Ottoman Empire. No Muslim really ever had qualms with it. It's it's what it was, and this mm. is the, mess, the means through which Allah had given Muslims dominance around the world. And it wasn't until Muslims had to, had to as a, a culture, flip the script and start playing the defensive, the, the victim mm. uh, card, which they hadn't done before. Mm. Uh, so for example, the Crusades, many Muslims will point to the Crusades now and say, this is another example of, of Christian uh, sort of uh, superiority complex and trying to keep mm. us down and oppressing us. The, the Crusades were never even discussed in Islamic literature. There was no Muslim or Arabic word for Crusades until Christians came up with one in the right. 19th century. Okay. Um, it just wasn't a part of the Islamic mentality mm. until the Ottoman Empire fell, the Islamic world started losing its power, and then these discussions started happening. And that's why you don't hear the phrase, Islam is a religion of peace, until the 20th century. That simply wasn't a phrase. It was never said. It was never yeah. thought that wasn't the way Muslims had thought up until that time. Now, Andrew, it's really important, again, in God's providence, my wife and I are actually reading uh, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, which is Nabil's uh, story um, right right now. So <laughs> it's crazy in the providence of God that we're going through this, we're, we're listening to his experience. And this was a big moment, as Nabil says in, in his life, because he was a part of a, a lesser known Ahmadiyya sect of Islam, which is very pacifistic. So when he actually got into the life and the stories of uh, of Muhammad and saw the violence that he orchestrated historically, it really changed things for him. And he kind of talks about how much of Islam is passed down as traditions through a hierarchy of religious leaders. And most just normal Muslims would not have done the type of research that he actually did uh, into the Quran. And what he lays out there without using the term is he, he lays out a very important understanding of Islam that Christians need to understand. And there's the, the doctrine of abrogation. And this is partly because they reject both the Jewish and the Christian Bible and the text of scripture. Um, the doctrine of abrogation holds out the fact that basically any new scripture that comes is authoritative over older scriptures. That way th there's a, you know, written in apologetic for Islam having precedence and the Quran having precedence over uh, the New Testament and the Old Testament, especially where it contradicts, you know, those teachings, right? So this idea of abrogation, it's within Islam and it plays this role of kind of just waving its hand over contradictions of the Bible. Um, but then it has a lot of historical significance because in it, what you have is, as uh, Nabil lays out there, you have historically, Muhammad was a lesser known uh, minority prophet in Mecca, which is a very poly polytheistic region, and he was hated and persecuted for a large part of his life. And then it's only after he goes to the Medinian period in Medina, where he then becomes a majority prophet, takes control over that city, uh, is the arbiter, has his army, that he then imposes violence. But that comes later on. So according to the doctrine of abrogation, if you want to be an Orthodox Muslim, 
the more violent texts, as he laid out there in verse nine, take precedence over chapter two and and the ideas that there's no compulsion in religion. It also reveals it also reveals a little bit of what's really in the heart of Muhammad, because the truth is, when you don't have, if you don't have the power, the resources, and the army behind you. Then you're very limited with what if if you're trying to gain popularity, if you're if you're if your prophetic ministry, if your sense of here's what's true, here's what God has told me. If mm-hmm. you're trying to gain some traction and you come out of the gate and be like, Well, actually, he's given me authority to slaughter infidels and 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 to have guaranteed military conquest, that's not gonna fly very well. And so you're gonna have an initial kind of messaging, but once we see he has the power, the military, the might and can actually conquer by the sword, do you still see this peaceful rhetoric? No, you see no. the real belief system come out, where now that he has what he what he needs to conquer, he does so. Now, why does, why does any of this matter? So up until this point, to the best of my knowledge, none of the main organizers of the One, one Million March for Children have come out in strong opposition to what Hamas did in Israel. They have not come out and spoken out against these terrorist acts and condemned them. In fact, in various cities, the same Muslims who marched for the One Million March are the same people in the streets supporting Palestine and Hamas against Israel, loudly cheering for the destruction of the Jews. That's madness. So we need to be very careful who we align with and who we partner with. And if if you don't listen to the Leadership Now podcast with Pastor Aaron Rock, you should. And whether you do or don't, you need to check out the episode that he did recently specifically on what's happening in Israel. He actually does a really, really good deep dive of the historical truth regarding Israel and Palestine. And he debunks the whole idea of colonialism or apartheid or occupation. He shows with receipts what's actually going on. And he does a good job of highlighting how local mosques and Muslims who are supportive of what's happening in Israel, the same people who march for the One Million March. And so Christians, be very, very careful who you align yourselves with and who you partner with, especially with people that the purest form of their worldview is actually hatred and despising of us. This is the reality. This is the world in which we live, that the same people who would march for the rights and protections of their children not being mutilated are marching in the streets celebrating the fact that children in Israel were kidnapped and murdered. That's the kind of vile hypocrisy you see with a worldview that rejects God and that ultimately, again, has as its father and source the devil. So if I haven't upset people enough, let's just let's go all the way. Islam is satanic. Muhammad is not a prophet. And the God that they worship is the devil. The God Mm -hmm. that they worship is the devil or some demon who is parading as a God. That's who they worship. That's what they believe. Which, by the way, which, by the way, right in the Hadith, there is a tradition of very uh, influential Hadith that Muhammad himself admits that some of the visions he was seeing, he wasn't sure if it was a demon or if it was an angel giving him those those visions. So mm-hmm. lest people think Andrew's being just offensive for the sake of doing that, 
I mean, we know under and understand biblically speaking what the yes. true source of this is. But even in in Islamic mm-hmm. literature, there's actually good evidence to suggest mm-hmm. that point stands. So- and the same, the same, the same founder of this religion, mm-hmm. right? So here you have people in the one million march saying, "We oppose gender ideology. We oppose the sexualization of our children." Happen to support and believe <laughs> in a prophet who married a six-year-old, mm-hmm. who consummated the marriage with her when she was nine, yep. and who in the Quran clearly writes that you can marry and you can consummate the marriage with a prepubescent girl. And that that's that I think is the honest reading. But even if you mm-hmm. go with a more generous reading of the specific, specific instance that talks about that, which is a section on divorce, even the more generous reading would be that it's okay to engage with a woman, girl, sexually once she shows the first signs of puberty, which could be nine or ten years old. So here again, here's the hypocrisy. Don't harm our children, but we celebrate children being murdered in Israel. Don't sexualize Mm -hmm. our children, but it's okay to have sex with nine-year-old girls if they show signs of puberty. Mm -hmm. This worldview is godless and evil and we need to be so very careful who we align ourselves with mm-hmm. and who we support because friends and again may, maybe i haven't upset people enough so let me just take it uh, one more level and we're trying to be honest and biblical here when i'm not trying to be offensive and inflammatory we're trying to deal in truth which is sometimes uncomfortable because mm-hmm. Our Lord is clear. You cannot be free if you don't know the truth. And we need to deal with the truth of Islam and its real face if we're going to move forward for the cause of liberty and freedom for the glory of God mm-hmm. and Christ in our country. The truth is this, that the real, real Islam, mm-hmm. if people who support and defend and fight for the cause of real Islam in Canada mm-hmm. g- gain to levels of power and lawmaking, and the ability mm-hmm. to make decisions. The truth is that Christians and Jews, you and us, dear friends, would be the first people that would be forced to convert, maybe pay a tax, and then arrested and beheaded. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is, we need to be very careful linking arms with a worldview that would throw us in jail and behead us first on the list mm-hmm. if the true expression of that belief attained power mm. and dominance yeah. in our country we and, be very careful friends and if if all this religious talk is not palatable for some of our more freedom-minded friends if you want freedom to flourish just look where freedom has flourished it's not been in the middle east under the mm-hmm. rule of uh, a theocratic theocratic islam it's under historical yeah. christian nations and Some of our freedom people who are like oh but 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 you know but you 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 christians are so anti-lgbt do you know what an <laughs> actual sharia law governed canada would do yeah to sodomites because mm-hmm. it wouldn't be just speaking against it yeah no no, no there <laughs> it, it wouldn't be the kind of freedom you're looking for yeah. either it and it would probably wouldn't just be punishing some sort of form of public um, sodomy or something like that. It would be <laughs> rooting them out uh, and and publicly, you know, uh, 
displaying them <laughs> being killed. It's this this is an important podcast and there's so much more that we can say. Obviously, time time, you know, wouldn't won't allow us to get into it, but it's important and that's why we've, you know, in God's providence again, we were talking about the, and promoting the the million march for children for the for the cause, but then we were also saying at the same time, which did raise some people's hackles like why wouldn't we get fully behind it we talked about the difference between allyship and co-belligerence and the reason we're always conscious of the lines that have to be drawn is because we're conscious of the religious ground motive of each of these systems and that's why we understand how the red green coalition can be a thing despite having very opposed beliefs you know on the surface, right? Uh, we understand the 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 thrust of a true Islam. We understand Marxism and where that's going, and we understand just the inescapable principle that you're that all religious, uh, all societies are religious. All concepts of sovereignty or rule are based off of an idea of a deity or a sovereign outside of itself, or, or maybe more imminently if we're talking about secular humanism, yet they still have this concept of, of a deity. Who's the governor, who's the sovereign. Um, and these are inescapable. And we understand that biblically speaking, it's either Christ or chaos. And that's, that's what we have to understand, dear friends. And we have to understand in this conflict between Israel and, and, um, Islam, the only way that uh, we're going to see Isaac and Ishmael united is in Christ, is in the fulfillment of the true religion, which is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the only hope that we have for world peace. That's the only, you know, looking at Isaiah 2, that that rule that reign the yoke of christ is easy it gives freedom it gives freedom from sin and peace among men and that is the religion that if we want peace in this world if we desire isaac and ishmael to be united if we desire for nations across the world to to beat their swords into plowshares then we have to commit ourselves to Christ. And yes, that's not just at a familial level. That's not just the individual level, but it's at a national level as well. And if that makes us Christian nationalists, well, Wikipedia is coming after us anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I wanna, a couple quick things before we, we, we kind of land the plane, Lord willing, Mike will be interviewing David Wood this Saturday. David Wood is a Christian apologist who actually was able to witness to Nabil Qureshi, and I believe had the privilege of being able to baptize him as well. He's an expert on all things Islam. Mike Lord Willing will be interviewing David to talk more about this, to go in even more detail because we can reference stuff, but this is an this is a real expert on Islam, and he will unpack for us the true faiths of Islam and what we're actually seeing and why it matters for Christians, why it matters for people in our country. So. Lord willing that happens. And if it does, you need to make sure that you watch that. That will be a good, dense interview to supplement and really, yeah, strengthen a lot of the stuff that we've been saying. We have to be careful. We have to be careful who we align ourselves with and who we partner with in various causes. Right. I again in, in the episode that I referenced where Pastor Aaron Rock was talking about the 
the, the people involved with the 1 million march who have not spoken out against these terrorist attacks. He has said, he said in that episode, I'm tapping out. I'm not joining in any more of your marches, any more of your protests or rallies. If you are not going to speak out against this evil, you will not get our support. Agreed. 100% agreed. That needs to be our position. And we need to be cautious anyways because the true face of Islam will say that they're working with us in order to save our children, but ultimately to accomplish their goals, which would lead to our oppression, our imprisonment, and the expulsion of Christianity from whatever country is being ruled by Islam. Muslims can exist in Western countries and in Israel and flourish and have, have mosques and be prosperous, but the same is not true of non-Muslims in Muslim-majority countries. Christians and Jews cannot live freely and openly and worship their God, and by their God, I mean the true God manifested in Jesus Christ and the false God that's only a partial God that Jews worship. They can't worship their God freely in Muslim-majority countries. In fact, they have to meet in secret because they're continually Christians are the most persecuted people group in the world. Yeah. You, numbers do not lie. There is no demographic more persecuted Andrew, Christians at the hands of Muslims. Andrew, do you think if this was a Christian sect of terrorists, we'd see the same level of apologetic and defense coming from the world, given the persecution that Christians face? Kind of doubt it. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, not at all. So be, be wise with what's going on. Be careful who you partner with. Understand... What we're dealing with is the true face of Islam. And if you have friends who are Muslim who are saying, well, you know what? I don't, uh, I, that's not the Islam that I support. Islam is a religion of peace. Jihad is really about the internal struggle and war. I'm not about this. Then what you need to say to them is, friend, I'm glad to hear you say that you don't actually support true Islam because that is a false religion. What you need to do, if you're really about peace and if you're really about joy and fulfillment and if you're really about truth, then you need to encourage them to turn to Christ. There is no peace apart from, apart from Christ. There is no truth apart from Christ. There is no freedom and liberty apart from Christ, period. That's it. The only way to truth and life and peace and freedom and liberty and actual flourishing, it is found only in the life, death, and resurrection of the God-man Jesus Christ in submission to his rule and reign, and no one else. So that's what you tell your Muslim friends who say that they don't support what's going on. You call them to turn to Christ. And at the end of every episode, as we say, Galatians 5.1. We'll see you next time. Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week, and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.